Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages. The apostles said to Jesus, increase our faith. How many of you would love to just have your faith increased? Just put up your hands if you want to increase your faith. Okay. They thought Jesus had a button. It's going to press. And everyone's faith is increased. What did Jesus tell them? Okay, yes, there we go. So, if you had even a little bit of faith, as small as a mustard seed, you would tell this tree to uproot itself, throw it into the sea, and what will the tree do? It will obey. Okay, and then Jesus gets to the heart of the matter, and he says, Will any man of you has a servant plowing or tending sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come, come sit at the table and enjoy a lovely meal? Now, obviously in those days they didn't, but today we actually do. <laughs> All right? And then it says, will he not instead tell him, get my supper ready and gird yourself and serve me while I eat and drink? And then afterwards... Shall you not eat and drink? Is he grateful and does he praise the servant because he did what he was ordered to do? I've packed the dishwasher and then asked for gratefulness and my wife said you were supposed to do it. (laughs) Okay. Even so on your part, here's what what he's saying. Even so on your part, when you have done Everything that was assigned and commanded you, you say, we are unworthy servants. We have merely done what our duty was to do. And that just really just highlighted the crux of the servant and the non-servant, where a servant is not just a servant, he's not just a friend, but he is a worthy servant. In other words, he understands where he needs to serve, he understands his purpose in that, and he understands that this is his place. This is what he was meant for. This is where he is of significance. He is worthy. But the problem we have in, in, in our tradition and in our culture is that we'll do everything we need to do and then still say, I am an unworthy servant, not realizing that we already have full merit and we have already gone beyond obligation because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so in Psalms 13, David cries out and he says, God, how long will you forget me? And that's why I just ministered today on cry out, say it out, ask God for trust. Or ask God, sorry, ask God, cry it out because 
God is listening. God hears your cry. And David says, how long will you forget me? How long will you hide your, your face from me? How long must I lay up my cares within me? Consider me, God. Lighten the eyes of my faith to behold you, lest I find myself in darkness. And the, the, what I'm speaking about or what I'm, what I'm realizing this morning is, is that to be a servant, we have to realize that we are worthy. Not just unworthy, but worthy of our calling. And we have a heart of the servant. And then halfway through Psalms 13, David changes the conversation. And he says, but, say but, if I can borrow from Shrek, donkey in Shrek, he said, I like big butts, and I can't lie. Okay, my mom's saying, no, <laughs> I'm not talking about the same butt as donkey in Shrek. I, I made this but, yeah, but, but it means contrast, I like big contrasts and the contrast that I love is the fact that even though you feel unworthy, even though you feel sometimes like God has forgotten you, especially when you've been praying and praying and praying and praying and trusting, the contrast is, the big but is God is watching. God is with you. And the big but, the big contrast is, is that when you turn your eyes to his nature, to his presence already focused on you, you realize that you are worthy. Someone say worthy. So he says, but I have trusted. I have leaned on. I have been confident in your mercy and your loving kindness. And then say this with me. My heart shall rejoice and be in high spirits. No, you guys don't sound like you're in high spirits. You see, <laughs> see this is David himself. David himself felt like God had forgotten him. Come on, but, say but. but, say I like big butts. <laughs> Come on, I'm trying to break tradition here, mom. All right, say I like big butts. <laughs> I have trusted and leaned on. Come on, I'm just trying to break something. Whenever it feels like God is not with you, say, I like big buts. Because, but, I have trusted Him. I have leaned on. I have pressed in to your presence. Hello? Psalm 105 verse 5 says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. 
make known his doing amongst the people. And then he uses the word earnestly remember. Say earnestly. Earnestly remember the marvelous deeds that God has done. See, when you're in a moment where you feel like God's not hearing you, you've got to earnestly remember everything that God has done. And here's what you need to remember. You need to remember the miracles that God has done. How many of you have had miracles take place in your life? Put up your hands nice and high. How many of you have seen a real miracle? Okay, how many of you haven't had a miracle take place in your life? Okay, put your hand up high. All right. So, come on, there's only one person in the room. One person. Anyone else? If you haven't seen a miracle take place, I'm talking about a miracle. Put up your hand. Okay. Rechat. Okay, so Father, I just pray, I just declare that you will experience a miracle in your life, that you will experience Jesus Christ and Him doing something incredible in your life, that you don't have to press in and strive, but you will find from friendship that God wants to do a miracle in your life, that you can celebrate that miracle. So we just declare that over your lives today. God says, earnestly remember his miracles and his wonders and his judgments. See, God has done miracles. Also, our lives are full of wonder. And also, our lives have got moments where God has judged on our behalf. God says, I am the judge of the widow, I am the judge of the woman who has been abandoned by the husband of her youth. God steps in and he judges on behalf of those who cannot judge, who cannot take a stand for themselves anymore. And so God wants to do that in our lives today. God wants to do that in your life. If you're someone who hasn't experienced the hand of God in your life, God wants to do that. Someone say amen with me. Now, I made a joke about butts because I want us to break through tradition. I want us to break through religion. I want us to remember something. I want us to remember that God really is for us. And so often the power of God is lost in the words that are written and the words that we know so well. And we don't actually experience His presence Because we're seeing him, we're reading about him in scripture. And we're not tapping into him in relationship, in person. And so in Acts 5, it says, or in Acts 5, um, I just want to get the story here quickly. In Acts 5, um, the, the apostles we're doing amazing miracles. And for me, the story or the fact that the same apostles had earlier said or felt we were unworthy. The same apostles had earlier in Luke 17 asked Jesus for 
more faith. And Jesus said to them, if you have a little bit of faith, you will tell a tree to throw itself into the sea and it will listen, it will obey. He was speaking to them about the fact that when they tap into favor, and so often when we, when we think about faith as something that we need to tap into, there's the sense that we need to strive into it. There's a striving that comes. And we don't have to strive for more faith. What we need to strive for is rest in God's presence, rest in his relationship. And it's something that's so difficult to portray, So something that's so difficult to speak about because relationship is real. I have a hard time describing my relationship with Bernadine because it's not something that I can put into words. And so we need to, we need to strive to rest in God's presence, rest in who he is, rest in his friendship. And so here in Acts 5 really is this, this other side of the story. It's where the apostles who asked for more faith are actually living and walking in faith. And so in Acts 5 and Acts 6 it actually describes how the people would put out blankets. They would put them in the street, hope, put, out, put out the sick in the street, hoping that if Peter's shadow just fell on them, that they would be completely healed. And so there was this fullness of his anointing on the apostles' lives. And really what they understood was they understood what it meant to serve and they understood what it meant to bring God's presence for the sake of God's purpose and for the sake of his people. And so... Yeah, they are, and they're doing all these incredible miracles, and they're doing all these incredible things. And it says, the Jews got jealous, and they rose up against them, and they put them in prison, and they put them in chains. And then God did an incredible miracle. He released them without opening the doors. Someone say amen to that. <laughs> When the guards went, they found the doors of the prison still locked. They found the chains exactly where they'd be, where, they, where the prisoners, where the apostles were. And the apostles had escaped. But guess where the apostles were? The apostles didn't go into hiding. They weren't running away. They went straight into the synagogue. And they went to go and preach and share God's word exactly where they were told not to. Directly after they had escaped from prison. Because their desire to serve God was so strong that they were completely fulfilled in what they were doing. And so in that I realized that many of us don't understand the calling that's on our lives. And so when we have any fear, when we're afraid of anything, there is a fear that what God has given us is going to be taken away. And can I say this morning that nothing that God has established in your life can be taken away. The fullness of fulfillment comes when you serve God for the sake of his people. 
and where I'm really struggling to communicate this or I feel like I'm struggling to break through is the fact that when we speak about serving, most people think about serving here in the church. But I want to encourage you to think about serving in every aspect of your life. To think about structuring your business, structuring your, your corporate plans, to think about establishing what you do for the sake of God and for the sake of His people. To ask God, how can I be a servant? And then to ask God for the miraculous and the wonderful and for God's authority to be established in everything that you do. It almost sounds cliched, but it's not. Because we wake up and we get just so caught up in what's going on. Where if we're caught up in what God has for us, if we're caught up in God's plans, not just for us, but for the community and for the people that we serve, God is going to establish us in into greater things. And so yeah, they are. They come out of prison and they go straight back to what God has called them to do. To go and preach in the synagogue. And so it describes there how they went out searching for fugitives. And then the news came back. Hey, they're actually in the synagogue preaching. I want to encourage you to do what you've been called to do. And don't let anything rob you of the ability of the calling and the anointing on your life to serve God exactly where you have been called to serve. Now Gamamiel is the head, what do I, what do I say, priest or, or uh, yeah, the high priest. Gamamiel is, is one of the big leaders there. Gamamiel is actually the very person who instructed and taught Paul, who wrote the New Testament. The Bible says Paul grew up under Gamamiel. He was three years old when he was placed in Gamamiel's care. And so Paul grew up under him. And Gamamiel, when they wanted to arrest the apostles once more, Gamamiel looked at the situation and he realized something. He realized that the Jews and their behavior was from a place of weakness. That their jealousy was from a place of poor self-image. From poor self-worth. How many of you know that if you are facing anything with regards to anyone coming against you, that that person is acting from a poor self-image, from a poor self-worth. If we've got, you know, I don't want to get into too many examples, but anyone who's behaving badly is behaving from a place of poor self-worth. And so I want to say today, don't get caught up in the voices of politics. Don't get caught up in the voices of race. Don't get caught up in petty things at work and whatever. Because all of that comes from a place of poor self-worth. And Gamamiel realized that. He realized, hey, 
These guys are doing something powerful. They're acting in their belief. They're acting in their faith. And us as Jews, we are acting out of poor self-image, out of poor self-worth. And he, he then called everyone together and he said, hey, leave them. Because 500 years ago, so-and-so stood up, was extremely popular, but it wasn't from God. And it all fell apart. And then this guy got up, started another powerful movement and a populist movement, and it wasn't from God, and so it all fell apart. So if these guys who are preaching in the synagogue, he says here in verse 38 of Psalms 5, he says, Now in the present case, let me say to you, stand off from these men and leave them alone. For if this doctrine or purpose or undertaking or movement is of a human origin, it will fail. And then there's another big but. Say but. Say big but. <laughs> if it is of God, you will not be able to stop it or overthrow it or destroy them. You might even be found to be fighting against God. So convinced by him, they took his advice. They still gave the apostles a Pax law. Acts 5 verse 38 to 42. Then it says, they got flogged and sternly told to not speak, but they went out rejoicing. When last did you rejoice after a Pax law? Anyone? Can you remember back to your youth? <laughs> Come on, there's something in that. When we discipline our children, don't discipline them and leave them leaving feeling unworthy. These guys weren't flogged in the right way. But they had something powerful inside of them. And that is the understanding that they were worthy. And so they went out rejoicing that they were being counted worthy. To suffer shame and be exposed even in disgrace for the sake of God's name. Isn't that an incredible journey that the apostles went from? They went from increase our faith. Jesus said, even when you do everything that's right, you still see yourselves as unworthy. To being flogged in public, disgraced in public, and they walk out rejoicing. Why? Because they saw that God who is in them is bigger than God who is in the world. And they saw the fact that they were accounted as worthy by God himself to be his servants for the sake of Jesus Christ. Now, as I say that, I, I just get so stuck in the cliche, for the sake of Jesus. I want every person to realize today that your life is for the sake 
of Jesus. And if you, are belie- if you are a believer, just the very definition of belief means that you have faith. And your faith has to be established on the fact that you have a purpose for God's sake. I said last week, your faith shouldn't just be that you have clear blue skies. Your faith should be that even if there are storms, you're still going to do what God has called you to do. You're still going to live the purpose that God has given you to live. And I want to just declare over every person that you will find exactly the purpose that you have been called to. Or if you are established in your purpose, that you will be strengthened in that purpose. And that God would come and reveal His meaning for your life. That you would have great joy knowing that what I'm doing is for God's sake. For His name's sake. For his purpose. Verse 42 said, yet. Yet means the same as but. (laughs) Yet. Say yet. In spite of the threats, they never ceased for a single day. Both in the temple area both at Oasis, at church, and at home, to teach and proclaim the good news of Jesus. The good news of Jesus Christ. And just that word Christ has got so much power and so much meaning. (laughs) Because here was the one that everyone had been waiting for. And Jesus himself said, he said, I will be, my ministry will be like a flash of lightning. Pah! Have you ever tried taking photos of lightning, anyone in the room? If you don't have long exposure, you're like, click, miss. See, Jesus said that's what my ministry is going to be like. In the concept or in the fullness of time, Jesus was only on earth for three years or ministered for three years. Flash. But he came as Christ. And that movement was from God and the apostles' ministry was from God. And today... We're sitting in this room because those apostles continued to preach day after day after day and never backed out. You see, when we know that we're serving God, we could be doing something today that's going to benefit thousands of generations and their children and their children and their children. Because of our obedience, because of the fact that we realize we are worthy, because of the fact that we realize that God's name is on us. And so there are times when I go and I sit down and have a quiet time and I wonder, God, are you going to speak today? I know you spoke yesterday. (laughs) Is today's message going to have meaning? Is it going to have 
purpose. And, and God says, you're worthy. And I'm not, struggle, I'm not someone who struggles with feelings of unworthiness. In fact, I've been told, don't think too much of yourself. <laughs> I always thought I'm going to be someone special and do something special. Anyone else as honest as I am? <laughs> and I had to learn. I had time when I moved out of our par- I'm in my parents' house and my parents did an incredible job of raising me. I mean, look at me. <laughs> but I remember moving out of the house and just having a lot of time to have quiet time And God came and spoke and said, the enemy has tried to rob you of your worth, of your self-worth. And you've allowed that lie to come in and you've, you've put yourself under where you should be. And I'll never forget the morning God came and in one move broke those lies over my life where I could actually believe that I am something special. And I do have a special purpose. And I do have a special calling. And I am unique. And I was created for this moment and for this time. And, and too many of us allow the special anointing and the calling on our lives to, to be put in a cupboard. To be put away. And, and we, we think to ourselves, I'm, you know, maybe I'm not that special. Maybe I wasn't called for something. How many of you know that God has called each and every one of us for something special, for something unique, for something powerful? And there is something that takes place when we agree with that. And the biggest lie the enemy has is to want you to disagree with that. To disagree with the message that comes from God that says you are worthy. You aren't just enough. You are worthy. You're more than a servant. You're my friend. That's what makes you a worthy servant. You're invited to the table because you've already done everything. And with that, I want to just say, some of us go to bed at night and we feel like we haven't done enough. And it's a constant gorilla on the shoulder that we just can't shake. And God wants to smack that monkey off your back. (laughs) And allow you to go to bed at night fully satisfied, knowing that you have done enough say I like big butts (laughs) because when I feel down when I feel like that God comes and reminds you of the truth and the truth of your purpose and your calling the truth of your self worth I can't express it I can't There aren't enough words in the English language to describe each and every person in this room and the calling that you have on your lives. Some of us 
have tapped into it. Some of us have discovered it. And God wants to protect that. But He wants to break down the lie that you are not worthy. Chris Vallotton jokes, shared this before, he jokes about a lady he once saw singing on stage. And he went up to her and he said, Man, you did such a great job. You sung so well. And she, in that lie of unworthiness, said, Oh, it wasn't me, it was Jesus. And Chris is like, I didn't mean you sang that well. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you see, there's some people in our room, there's some people that because of this lie that has been spoken over them, cannot even accept or take a compliment. Can't receive a compliment. And I want to encourage you today, if someone says you did a great job, say thanks. I know. (laughs) Say, man, I know I'm worth it. Be able to receive the freedom that comes from knowing that you've been created for this time with a purpose. I can't stress it. I can't say it enough. So, I want to ask if you would like to just have that monkey smacked off your back. If you want some self-worth today. If you want some courage. If you want a little bit more faith. I want to encourage you to stand. We just want to pray for you. I'm standing. Sorry, I just really feel like I need to also just... Um, I uh, also just had such a moment this morning very quickly, but it so confirms actually everything you, and we obviously we never really speak before the service. And um, Lord just took me to Mark 16, um, where Mark 16 verse 14, where he had, Jesus had now been already risen and um, he revealed himself to some of the disciples and a lot of them didn't believe him or that he had reappeared and and he came and he reproved them and he reproached them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they had refused to believe those who had seen him and looked at him attentively. Um, And he said to them, go into all the world and preach and publish openly the good news. Um, He who believes and trusts in, um, and is baptized, will be saved. But, okay, and then he goes into verse 17 here, and he says, And these attesting signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents. They will drink anything deadly, and it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will get well. Now, just earlier when we, we asked who had who has... Miracle, who has experienced a miracle in their life, who has not um, experienced a miracle in their life. I just really felt like God is highlighting this, that these signs and these things that he promises here will follow those, will follow those who carry and publish the good news of God in faith, walk in faith. I just feel there's like a, there's a, there's a strong, um, a strong, uh, what, what is the, rep- not a reproach, but there's, there's a pull of God saying, come, or Jesus saying, come. These signs, these things will follow you when you walk in faith. And, and at the same time, there's this, 
unworthiness that exists almost because of a, of a doubt that has crept in when we haven't seen things happen in the way we, we think. There's this, there's this open door that comes in, and the enemy, I, I think, sometimes robs us from that knowing that these signs, robs us from our faith um, uh, when we open that door to unbelief. So there's just this, there's this core of stepping into faith, walking in faith, believing that the signs and these things will follow the, the healing on the, the healing the the yeah. speaking in tongues that being baptized in the spirit and um closing the door to doubt closing the door to unbelief so at the same time as we as we're praying for worthiness close that door to unbelief close that door to doubt close the belief that you're not worthy of seeing miracles happen in your life yeah yeah, and with that is also just the, the, the perception that he, miracles look like a certain thing and, and look in a certain way. And God wants to do powerful things through your life. I think Justin was just saying, you know, how a marriage that is saved is a powerful miracle that takes place, for instance. And, and the effect of a marriage that is saved is so great and, and really just counts and has so, so far meaning. And there's things like that that take place that also count as miracles and count as God's intervention in lives. And, and so God wants to really work through every person's hand. And so these signs will follow us. And it doesn't look like our perception of what the apostles look like. It looks like what God is doing through your life right now in this moment in this time. Okay. So Father, we just thank you, Lord, that your word says these signs will follow, that we will cast out demons. And Father, today we cast out the lies that have been spoken over our lives. We cast out the lies that have, have had a root effect in our heart, that have robbed us of our true identity and the worth that we carry because of your presence. And so, Father, we reject any lie today that has come against us in person, that has caused us to back away from our callings, that has caused us to back away from who you have created us to be. And today we say, get out of our lives and have no more effect on us. Demonic lies and demonic effects that have been spoken over us, we rebuke you and we say, get out. In the name of Jesus Christ, these signs follow us. We will rebuke demons and we will rebuke lies spoken over us. And so we declare that in Jesus' name. Father, your word says we will heal the sick and we will raise the dead. And so, Father, we declare, Lord, that as we step out, that what we do will bring healing to those around us, will bring healing to our hearts, will bring healing to the hearts of our families, will bring healing to our bodies, will bring healing to the bodies of our families, Jesus. And so, Father, we also, I just feel to pray into mental health right now, Father, that you would bring healing into our mental health as you reestablish our identities in Jesus Christ. And we break the lie that mental health is a cycle that cannot be stepped out of. And we declare in Jesus' name that we will be emotionally, mentally, and physically strong according to your promise 
in Jesus, Jesus, Jesus' name. And so we also rebuke the fear associated with illness and with, with um, mental illness, Lord. And, and with all of those things, Jesus, we declare in Jesus' name that we will step out of it and step into your promise. We are called by your name and we will live by your name. Father, your word says we will raise the dead. And Jesus, we thank you that you call us, even when we feel like we've reached the end, you call us to new heights. But Father, I ask Lord, that you will come and bring renewed faith in people's lives. And in the same way that Abraham could seed a son when he was considered as good as dead, Father, we thank you that you're doing the same in our lives. And you're birthing new promises. You're birthing new directions. You're birthing new inheritances in our lives, Jesus. And so, Father, as we, just as great a miracle as it is to raise someone from the dead, Father, we declare that you will raise us into new promise and into new heights. But, Father, may we have the courage to go boldly where no one has ever gone before and to do what no one has ever done before. And so, Father, just because someone says it hasn't been done before, may we step into it. May we be excited to do what hasn't been done before. And with that, Father, we break the chains of tradition and we break the chains of religion because the, re the chains of religion and tradition want to keep us where everyone has gone before and keep us only to what has been done before. And so, Father, we break words spoken over people's lives. We break it today in Jesus' name, and we establish your worth in us, your spirit in us. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Can we just give God honor and praise? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Remember to visit our website at www.revivalministry.co.za where you can sign up to receive more of these powerful messages.